episode 70, India's Deep Space Network and ISRO's Satellite Centre. Hello and welcome to AstroTalk UK. ATUK is a not-for-profit amateur astronomy podcast produced by me, Gurubir Singh, an amateur astronomer based in the UK. For more information, see the About and FAQ pages at www.astrotalkuk.org. India's space programme is now over half a century old. During this time, its infrastructure has evolved and matured. This episode looks at the current communication capabilities used to support space vehicles during launch, in Earth orbit, or on interplanetary missions. ISRO has an extensive network of ground stations on the Indian mainland, offshore, and neighbouring countries like Mauritius and Fiji. It also collaborates with Norway, Russia, USA, and the European countries for mission-specific needs. ISRO also has ship-borne resources it deploys to meet individual mission profiles. ISRO's flagship deep space antenna is the 32-metre fully steerable dish at Bayalalu, close to Bangalore. It was established for the 2008 moon mission and has been the primary resource for communicating with its Mars orbiter mission, currently in Martian orbit. Bailalu is also the central site for India's regional navigation satellite system, due to come into full operation in 2016. This conversation was recorded in March 2014 with the then director of the ISRO Satellite Center, S.K. Shivkumar, who had been the project leader that established the 32-meter antenna. You're a director here at uh, ISAC. Yes. When did you first join uh, ISRO? Exactly on October 25th, 1976. Um, Can you just outline what happens here at the ISRO uh, satellite center. Yeah. Basically, uh, this is one center that is entrusted with the responsibility, total responsibility of building satellites for India. Right. Okay. That is the national uh, expectation from everybody, in, in, anybody and everybody in India, basically, because right. this is the center from where we have to do the configuration studies, the design, the development, uh, testing, making it ready for to go to the launch, launch phase, do the innovative operations, and then come back to the next project. That's what uh, the cycle is, uh, to, uh, to put it in short about the way in which we have to work. And essentially, we have trained ourselves. We have built about uh, 70 hour satellites still now, right? From, uh, 70? Are to, to where we are today. Uh, so, so the uh, bare bones satellite, the, the chassis comes in from the Hindustan Aeronautical Limited, here, they do everything that's necessary to get it ready to be inserted into the rocket to, to launch. So everything, the key aspects. I think uh, even the, the structural part is also designed by our people. Now I see. Okay. No, no, right from day one, right, uh, right from Arimeter days, we have a good structure, structures, uh-huh. thermal mechanism, everything under sky is available in this right. in Israel satellite center. Uh-huh. Structural group is there, thermal group is there, mechanism group is there, mm-hmm. then um, TTC, RF. 
anything you name under uh, Skype, everybody, a uh, different set of people uh, is available for us, and all of them work for the satellite um, in an integrated manner. Yeah. And HR happens to be the production agency as far as structures is concerned, yeah. but there also we have posted our people to see that uh, things are done correctly. Right. And uh, when it comes to uh, clean room, and then onwards, our people really take on. Last, your previous role was the director of ISTRA. Yes. Oh, can you tell us a little bit about what ISTRAC uh, was all about? Yes, sir, um, uh, ISTRAC stands for ISRO Telemetry Tracking and Command Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is where I started my career with. Then, of course, I got transferred from ISTRAC to ISAC in 1978 itself. I came to ISRO Satellite right. Center uh-huh. and worked here from 1978 to 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, chairman of uh, ISRO, Dr. Kekasurangan, uh-huh. he said... She was good that you have been doing very well, mm-hmm. but I want you to really see how we can make uh, things better at ISTRAC, basically uh-huh. a center which is uh, um, um, doing more in terms of uh, tracking and command operations of all satellites and low orbiting missions is what we, start, we are doing those at that point of time. So after the launch, all the communication yes, and interactions. Exactly, exactly. If you were to think back at your time as director at ISTRAC, what do you think uh, your contri- one, just one contribution if you want to tell us about that uh, you one innovation that you brought when you were there as a director I forget, uh, undoubtedly <laughs> making uh, the Indian deep space network mission right. 32 meter antenna which is the first of its kind uh, we built in indigenously in India right. and I happen to be the project director for doing that work means uh, we, have, we just had to start right from scratch, I should say scratch is really scratch because right. <laughs> nothing was there and uh, we started right from uh, uh, team team form to select a site for uh, erecting the antenna and then only yeah. go ahead with the rest of the things. So let's just uh, talk about this. 32 meter diameter, that's pretty big, it's a 100 foot diameter yeah. and it's fully steerable. Yes, sir. And it's based, it located at uh, Bayelalu. Yeah, yeah. We, tra- we convinced ourselves that Yes, we can do it, but we have necessarily worked very, very hard is what yeah. I, I convinced everybody there and took the lead uh, from the front and I should say that uh, entire Indian industry, whatever that's possible from our side, our uh, communication expert from uh, ECIL Hyderabad and our BRC from Baba Atomic Research Centre right. and many other industries in and around Bangalore uh-huh. and HMT, or whatever, whomsoever, whom you want really, all of them really pitched in and said that yes, we will do for you whatever that's required because it was certainly a very big job for uh, one team to really do that but I had such a wonderful team uh, even today everybody enjoys the way in which they work for uh, the I, I see that uh, frequently in the development of ISRO um, even when Professor Rao was building Aryabhata nobody built satellites in India before and he said look we don't have any experience let's get some experience yes. by doing it and indeed when Vikram Sarabhai said, oh, let's, have a, uh, let's launch a rocket. Nobody had done it before, and he cobbled together all the individual support elements he needed, but it was an Indian launch in, on Indian soil, and it was a start. So what I think you explained to me is, is another ex- example of um, the inspired let's all get together and see what we can do, even though we may not have the ideal experience. Exactly. You, you, you summarized very nicely. The 32 meter antenna was commissioned in October 2008, and it was about a week or so before the launch of Chandrayaan-1. If 
you didn't have that 32 meter teles- uh, radio telescope antenna, would it have been possible to conduct the Chandrayaan 1 mission? Uh, with some limitation, uh, it was possible because we had taken some small, uh, um, I should say, schedule backup, uh, whatever that, uh, yeah. that has been uh-huh. done with respect to a uh, bigger antenna realization and all that. So what we did was uh, we 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 contacted uh, specific manufacturers of antenna worldwide mm-hmm. and got one offer from our uh, friends in Germany right. and we imported an 18 meter antenna, not a 2 meter uh, thing, right. but 18 meter antenna we just found that that is good enough to track Chandrayaan like mission. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not meant for deep space missions and all that, but at least Chandrayaan is about 4 lakh kilometers away. It is possible to do it. Right. So we have put a backup uh, plan in terms of yeah. schedule uh, slippage, right. but we were very happy that both antennas were available for us. 18 meter um, antenna, uh, it's also an 11 meter antenna yes. as well? that we have plenty of 11 meter antenna, we, we zeroed on, on some of those uh, smaller dishes, smaller uh, diameter dishes more because uh, ISTRAC has the mandate of tracking all these uh, low orbiting satellites. Mm-hmm. Okay, anything anywhere between uh, 700 and 1,200 kilometers, some such right. altitudes that uh-huh. we can track. Right. So when I went to ISTRAC, we had about uh, a few uh, 10 meter antennas were available in ISTRAC network for at that point of time. Uh-huh. Then, um, and that was about um, uh, 14, 15 years old at that point of time. 85, 86, they had built antenna, uh-huh. and number of antennas were quite limited at that point of time. So I went down with a uh, fairly big, uh, another energy frame, right. capsule, I should say, uh-huh. which made me to really think of modernizing the entire extract network. Right. That means uh, we have to really think of uh, uh, making the extract network as big as possible, as wide as possible in terms of coverage, mm-hmm. and provide the telemetry command and tracking support for all your missions. Just to understand the scope of the Indian Deep Space Network, you obviously have the 32 meter antenna um, not far from here in Bangalore. Um, within India, where else do you have uh, site, sites which are part of the Indian Deep Space Network? The Andaman Islands? Mm, no, we don't have anything. Andaman Islands, we have one 11 meter antenna, two of them are available in Andaman. Port Blair is the place where we. But they are, that's, they are part of the Indian Deep Space They are network. part of. Uh, they are not part of Indian Deep Space Network. They are part of Indian uh, Istrak Network, basically. Oh, okay. okay. Right. They are part of Istrak Network. Mm-hmm. These uh, smaller dishes are required for tracking both launch vehicles and the satellites. That's how we uh, come right. uh-huh. And some of the launches which go eastward have to be tracked by uh, Port Blair, for example. Right. Okay. And similarly, we have got uh, stations in Brunei and Biak as an expansion of. Uh, Further continuation of our right. visibility for uh, uh, due east launch. Mm-hmm. Similarly, for the polar uh, sun synchronous, we need to have uh, Shar as the launch base station, Trivandrum, mm-hmm. and Mauritius as the uh, downrange station. Right. That's how we expanded our network. Right. And at the end of the day, we found that with these stations at uh, Bangalore, uh, uh, Shar, uh-huh. Trivandrum, and Mauritius, mm-hmm. are Shar. Port Blair, Brunei and Biak, right. we've been able to really take care of almost all the launches possible from oh. India. And we did dual purpose of both launch vehicle tracking and satellite tracking, right. and same station used to work for both of them. And there is some aspect of the Indian Deep Space Network located within, I think, Bears Lake is what I remember. Yeah. Um, 
and also somewhere in Norway, of all places. Yes. So these are um, Indian um, sites in these foreign lands, or are they um, Russian and Norwegian okay. stations which India uses when required? To clarify this, um, Russian uh, was a joint uh, setup. I see. And basically, we were uh, we had set up some of our equipment there, and uh, that's uh, their, their own equipment. And Russians had a responsibility of operating the ground station. Right. That is how it was. Uh-huh. But Norwegian site is slightly different. Everything there, except for the telecommand equipment that has to be specific for our missions, uh-huh. we have delivered the rest of the things are from Norway only. And uh, this is, of course, made uh, remotely programmable and all that. We don't have to be really there except for installation a few days and all that. Otherwise, uh, Norwegian station is totally operated by Norwegians. Right. Russians uh, uh, station operated by Russians only. Right. And now the pin. Um, Bears Lake near near Moscow, right? And that was about 50 kilometers away from Moscow. And uh, this way, right. our stations were built uh, for uh, Indian uh, satellites. Uh-huh. And uh, some of them they used to do the work from their side, mm-hmm. and we used to supplement them with our sta- our uh, equipment and all that. Right. We used to work jointly with them whenever our missions were on oh, for about right. uh, a few days, uh, not about 90 days. We used to stay there and work on. Some of those things. I was uh, really surprised to learn that in 1976, the very first sounding rocket that was launched from Norway was launched by India yes. engineers. And I think that connection is still there through yes, this very kind much of Yes, that's correct. Yeah. We, I missed that one, but yes, that was one of those connections there. And we also sent uh, some uh, sounding rockets uh, to. Uh, I don't exactly, but it's near about Svalbard. Uh, Svalbard, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. where, yeah. and they used to really, our uh, yeah. Indian uh, rocket people, they used to go to that place and work for a few uh, launches and all that. Uh, now, of course, one more connection is there between um, us from, uh, from Svalbard only uh-huh. to Hyderabad also, there's one more connection. Yeah. Also, uh, we extended our services, both in the Arctic, uh, one is the Arctic region, another is the Antarctic region. Uh-huh. Antarctic region also, they have a ground station, our Norwegian. Norwegian, yes. And for that, we use it only for uh, initial orbit raising phase and all those things. Right. Wherever we really need for mm-hmm. uh, really, uh, you know, getting that uh, some of those critical data from our satellite, right. we request them for a very short duration. But, but the established countries which have had uh, a deep space network for a, of their own for a long time, thinking of Soviet Union and now Russia, America, uh, NASA, yes. this is extensive deep space network, and of course the European Space Agency. And I'm sure to some extent China has also an extensive one. Um, with those established um, deep space networks, do you have uh, um, collaborative agreements in place, mutual agreements, so that when, for example, you need to track a satellite, an Indian satellite, and is not in line of sight from India, then you can call on the assistance of other okay. nations. Okay, well, we, we did um, establish a lot of collaborative arrangements with almost all the space agencies, uh, mm-hmm. except Chinese, of course. Uh, we did uh, some of those things uh, right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, you know, suddenly we started looking at uh, uh, whether it's really required for the mission and how long we really need it. Mm-hmm. All those things we have really examined because economics certainly has a role in any of those things. Right. Yeah. So we did examine all those um, things. And finally, we have really now um, for uh, low authority missions like IRS and uh, any other uh-huh. um, uh, mission, we are finding that existing network along with Norwegian satellite uh, support, Norwegian ground station support, is possible for us to really meet 
almost all the mission requirements. Right. That's possible. Right. But in the deep space network, after some distance, mm-hmm. naturally we depend only on uh, something which is not there in India. Right. That's one of the reasons yeah. why we said that Indian deep space network should be available for this part of the globe for about 12 hours of tracking. Right. Uh-huh. When it goes to the other side of the globe, mm-hmm. we have to depend upon, um, uh, naturally when we look at uh, the options that we have, uh-huh. either it should have been done from uh, uh, Russians or from the Americans. Right. And we found that, uh, um, and of course the Europeans cost are extremely high, so we, did, we never even considered uh, really? that cost. Uh-huh. It's extremely, yeah. very, very expensive. So, at the moment, the Indian Deep Space Network is quite uh, sophisticated, quite large. Um, you don't have any specific goals for development of any larger additional antennae? Actually, uh, as a technical person, yes, I would like to do something. <laughs> Not necessarily. Because when we completed uh, the 32 meter antenna, all my people uh, who worked with me in those uh, days, they told us we should do something more, sir. More yeah. something bigger than this yeah. one, sir, and all that. I said, okay, somebody has to give the requirement of making yeah. uh, a 70 meter antenna, which uh, NASA has done, and all that. But we should have that requirement coming up from yeah. some of these missions. So, but uh, now slowly but surely, but we are not really made up our mind on any of those things. But looks like uh, our people are interested in making a bigger antenna now. Yeah. Asking very enlightening. Uh, I've learned quite a lot, and. I hope to come back and uh, speak to you again another time. For the moment, uh, thank you very much indeed. I really appreciate it. I should thank you. Thank you very much.